but we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. What up, yo? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It's July 12th, 2022. We're live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Blaze TV. And the woman that you just saw right there in the cold open is the wife of the man pretending to be president. That is Dr. Jill Biden. She is a doctor. You must refer to her as a doctor. Apparently, she has not examined her husband, but she is Dr. Jill Biden. And in that a uh, little snippet that we just showed you. She was talking to a bunch of uh, Latino and Latina people, or as the left calls them, Latinx people, and she was comparing their diversity to tacos. Pandering is an even the word that should be used when it comes to the Democrats and minorities. Oh, you're like a little pork taco. And you over there, you're like a little chicken taco. Oh, a little fried fish taco. Connor, you love the tacos. What kind of taco do you consider Latino people to be? <laughs> Carne asada, well played, my friend, well played. Uh, guys, we have a huge show for you today. This might be the biggest show we've ever done. I think we possibly have more clips in this show than we've ever had. Uh, it's, so it's a big day around here and we're shifting the focus a little bit. It's not gonna be exactly sort of the, uh, the crazy Twitter stuff that we've been doing and, and some of the Florida stuff that we've been doing and that we're shifting a little bit towards this new world order thing uh, because we touched on this. I haven't done too much on this, this great reset thing and this new world order thing and this world economic forum thing. We've touched on it a little bit. I, I did a little something on the Friday panel a couple days ago about Klaus Schwab and the world economic forum. Uh, and the video caught fire, which sends a signal to us that, oh, our audience is interested in this sort of thing. And who are the bad guys in society these days? Sure, we can mock the Democrats all day, but maybe there's a much more nefarious force uh, behind them that explains some of the insanity that we're all uh, going through right now. So we're going to talk about the World Economic Forum and this New World Order. There's some crazy, crazy protests that you are definitely not seeing on mainstream news happening in the Netherlands. Uh, right now, these Dutch farmers that are protesting some of the government policies. And this stuff is being coordinated all over the world when we see truckers uprise in Canada and we see farmers uprise in the Netherlands. There are reasons that these things are happening. And some of those reasons are actually leaking into the mainstream where people are starting to talk about it. So the stuff that we're going to talk about today is the stuff that they're going to be talking about uh, on the mainstream media in probably about four months or so. So it's a very international show for you. So it is nice that we started with the taco thing uh, because it's an international program for you. Uh, reminder, guys, real quick, if you want to see me this week, two days from today, July 14th, with Ron DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pouchaw, my buddy Dave Raboy and Fox News correspondent Lisa Booth. Uh, there are a couple tickets left. You can go to DaveRubin.com slash events and see me at the improv. Oh, and then uh, I got a couple other Florida things this month. I will be at the Sunshine Summit. I'm hosting, co-hosting with Lisa Booth again, uh, the Sunshine Summit here in Fort Lauderdale. I believe that is on the 23rd of July. And then the next day, I got to get in a car and drive all the way across Florida. I will be in Tampa for the Turning Point Student Action Summit with Governor DeSantis and President Trump and Greg Gutfeld and Ted Cruz and a whole bunch of other people. So we will be seeing you good people. Before we get to uh, the big show, let me talk to you about ExpressVPN real quick. Do you know that big uh, tech and big government have something in common? They both want to silence any dissenting voices into submission. This show will be very much about that. Uh, let's say you're a proud gun owner and want to talk on social media about the right to bear arms. Well, chances are that your post will be flagged by a content moderator and you might end up on some kind of government watch list. To fight back against having your voice censored by big tech and big government, I recommend using ExpressVPN. When I use ExpressVPN, they can't see my IP address. My identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Plus, 
ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of my internet data for protection for, uh, for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. ExpressVPN is by far the best VPN I've tried. It's the number one rated VPN by Business Insider and countless other tech publications. And what I love most about ExpressVPN is it couldn't be easier to use. The app has one button, you tap it and you're good to go. It's that simple. So stop letting big tech and big government censor and track you. Defend your rights and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Ruben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Ruben. To get three months absolutely free, visit expressvpn.com slash Ruben to learn more. All right, so let's talk about some of the bad guys in the world right now. We often hear these phrases, the globalists, the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, and it's like they're these sort of amorphous things and these government leaders get together in these very fancy places in the Alps and in the mountains and these remote areas and they talk about all of us. And then we hear little trickles of it online, but it's like, what is all of this stuff? Well, Klaus Schwab, who comes off as a evil cartoon character, is the head of the World Economic Forum and he is the main driver of this new world order that these people want to put in. Now, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist when I say it. We are gonna show you plenty of video of them talking about their new world order. Uh, and of course, they wanna bring us a new world order because uh, you know the planet's gonna explode because of climate change and uh, there's an awful lot of you people sharing misinformation. To limit global warming, you are demanding to halt to coal, oil, and gas exploration, to the development and to the financing of this exploration. As well, you are asking firms to replace any corporate board directors who is unwilling to transition to cleaner energy sources. You are championing an open internet and a two trillion digital access plan to bring the world online and prevent internet shutdowns. And you are presenting new ways to minimize the spread of misinformation and you want to combat dangerous extremist views in the internet. Okay, so Klaus Schwab right there is talking to world leaders and he's talking to corporate leaders about what they have to do related to climate change and misinformation. Now you might say, but wait a minute, I elect leaders in my country. Countries are supposed to be sovereign. What is it that this guy has over these people? Who is he? And what right does he have to be telling world leaders what they have to do related to climate change or misinformation or anything else? Of course, what's interesting there, there are two lines that, that really struck at me uh, there. He says that, uh, that they should replace corporate leaders. That, that was the phrase he used, replace corporate leaders who basically won't play along with their climate change agenda. Again, who is he? What is the world economic forum, why would it have the right to tell a company what policies that that company should have? But they, they have their tentacles sort of in everything. Uh, then he also talks about an open internet and it's hilarious because he's talking about an open internet, internet that'll avoid shutdowns and everything, but we also have to watch out for misinformation. So the very same people who would love to silence all of us are the ones that are always talking about an open internet because irony is truly dead. But this is a guy who has extremely powerful friends in all parts of government all over the world. So this is gonna shift us a little bit to what's going on in the Netherlands right now. Uh, Schwab, Schwab is a big fan of Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte. Uh, he says he's his favorite world leader. And there's a lot of weird stuff happening in the Netherlands right now. Uh, take a look. Where do you find still such a prime minister in the world? You find it in the Netherlands and it's Mark Rutte. We should not underestimate the significant role the Netherlands is playing on the international scene. You are one of the big donors. You are at the forefront in terms of, cyber of uh, food security, um, water, gender, and so on. But I was told by an assertive source. You are also probably the best looking prime minister in, 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 in Europe. You are a compass man, someone who has clear values, 
who follows his values, so you are a real statesman. Okay, so Klaus Schwab really has a boner for this Mark Rutte guy, who is the prime minister of the Netherlands. Uh, did you catch the line in there? Uh, that the Netherlands, Holland, is on the forefront of food security, water, and gender. Do you see how they combine these things? The Netherlands is on the forefront of gender. What does that mean? Who the hell knows? Nobody knows, but they combine all these things and then they think that they're good people. But anyway, he really loves this guy and he's a good looking dude and he's doing all the stuff that we want him to do, uh, but not, so what is the stuff that they want him to do? And is everyone uh, in the Netherlands happy about it? Well, here is a Dutch MP, a Dutch member of parliament. Uh, I, I may butcher his name slightly. His name is Gideon Van Muren. Uh, and he's exposing in parliament, Mark Rutte for his relationship with Klaus Schwab and how that is ushering the Great Reset into the Netherlands right now. The is the Heer Klaus Schwab, oprichter and voorzitter van het World Economic Forum. En hij heeft ook een boek geschreven met als pakkende titel COVID-19, The Great Reset. En mijn vraag aan de demissionair minister-president is hoe beoordeelt hij de inhoud van dit boek? De minister-president. Ik ken het boek niet, voorzitter. Maar ik zou hier van meiden willen adviseren om niet al te veel in al die conspiratietheorieën. Ik, ik kijk ze ook allemaal op YouTube. Ik vind het altijd fascinerend hoe dan uitgelegd wordt dat 9-11 niet heeft plaatsgevonden of dat het allemaal anders zit. Ontzettend knap in elkaar gezet, maar het is meestal wat het is, een conspiratietheorie. Het verbaast mij dat die eerste vraag direct wordt beantwoord met een leugen. Ik heb namelijk een brief in mijn hand die dateert van 26 november 2020. En dat is een brief van de heer Rutte aan de heer Klaus Schwab, waarin hij de heer Schwab bedankt voor het toezenden van zijn ja. boek. En dit noemt een hoopvolle analyse voor een betere toekomst. Zou de heer Rutte nog even kunnen graven in zijn geheugen? Het is nog geen half jaar geleden, dus ik weet niet hoe lang uw herinneringen actief blijven. Maar waarschijnlijk is dit nog wel ergens op te graven. En mijn eerste vraag opnieuw te beantwoorden en nu eerlijk, alstublieft. Nou, het eerlijke antwoord is dat dat een, een, een nette brief is. Waarin je uh, helaas niet alle boeken die je toegestuurd krijgt van kast tot kast kunt lezen, maar wel degene die je toestuurt. Okay, so this is a rather extraordinary exchange, and I know we don't talk about the Netherlands that much on this country. Actually, I love the Netherlands. I've been about four or five times. I have family in the Netherlands. Uh, I love Amsterdam as a city. It's, it's a wonderful country. Um, but there's something really interesting here. So here you have a young member of parliament basically saying to the prime minister, uh, you're a sellout. There is this other organization that has nothing to do or should have nothing to do with how we are governed. And you seem to be very much in bed with this guy, Klaus Schwab, in the World Economic Forum. And you've responded via a letter to say how influential this book is sort of on your thinking. Well, uh, Gideon uh, continues to go after Rutte. Dus eigenlijk dat hij niet heeft gelogen tegen mij, maar tegen de heer Klaus Schwab. Ik, ik, ik was maar laat ik dan hier direct alsnog de vraag stellen. De heer Klaus Schwab, die pleit in zijn boek voor het resetten van onze wereld, om onze nationale parlementaire democratie te vervangen door een globale technocratie. Hij pleit ervoor dat er een einde komt aan privébezit. En de heer Rutte is er kennelijk niet eens van bewust dat hij dit een hoopvolle boodschap voor een betere toekomst heeft genoemd. Hoe is het mogelijk dat de heer Rutte een waardeoordeel hecht aan een boek met een neocommunistische boodschap, terwijl hij dat boek niet eens gelezen heeft? Dank u wel. Oké, so this really is something. I, I know this is a little off the beaten path for what we normally do here, but this really is something, and, and I think you'll see why in the next clip, that this great reset that seems to be happening, the upheaval that seems to be happening, the inept world leaders who seem to be destroying things and, and reversing all of the known world and unearthing all of this stuff that we had put to bed, there's a reason for it. It is because of this great reset through the World Economic Forum and this Klaus Schwab guy. I am not, this is not like some crazy conspiracy stuff. It is now becoming law in the Netherlands. So, so this brings us to what is happening right now. There is a massive countrywide protest happening in the Netherlands right now because Dutch farmers have had it 
with the policies of Mark Rutte, who is the prime minister, who is putting in all of these policies that are harming the energy sector and making the farmers' lives much more difficult, causing the prices of food to go up, et cetera, et cetera. This is very similar uh, to what we had happen in Canada not too long ago. Here's some video about what's going on with the Dutch farmers. And in the Netherlands, farmers are staging nationwide protests after government's decision to cut down on its emissions of nitrogen oxide and ammonia by 2030. The decision has resulted to cause discomfort in the Netherlands' lucrative agriculture sector. The Dutch government decided to slash 50% of its nitrogen emissions by 2030 and has set aside an extra fund of 25.6 billion US dollars to make the necessary changes. But this decision has sparked a nationwide protest by the farmers. Agitated farmers believe the target is unfeasible and will only threaten their livelihood. Moreover, farmers across the country held mass demonstrations and blocked highways with their tractors, while few of them had a scuffle with police officials just outside the home of minister in charge of government's nitrogen policy. Okay, so this is rather extraordinary stuff, and you can see what's going on here. Imagine telling a bunch of farmers you have to reduce your emissions by 50% by 2030 in eight years. It is completely untenable. The, the farmers then, who are producing all of the food for the country, and if I'm not mistaken, the Netherlands is one of the biggest food exporters uh, in the entire world, um, the farmers are saying, hey, we can't do it. And then, then they're doing what they have a right to do in a Western society, which is protest. Now, the question is, why is the prime minister, Rutte, of the Netherlands doing this? Is he doing this because he thinks this is the right thing for Netherlands to turn against the farmers and put these unattainable goals related to emissions out there? Or is it because he is a tool, a, a tool or a stooge of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? So here is some video of the protest because the people are with the farmers. Surprise, surprise. This is Shroi, a village in the Dutch province of Gelderland in central Netherlands. Thousands of farmers have assembled, protested against the government's far-reaching plans to cut nitrogen emissions. This is one of the largest ever demonstrations by the farmers. They're driving in with their tractors, blowing horns and causing widespread traffic chaos. The Dutch farmers are demanding the scrapping of recently announced plans by the Hague-based government. They believe it could see a 30% reduction in livestock. I love that. The woman in the report, she goes, they're causing widespread traffic chaos. They show one guy at a truck driving across an open field. But the point is, joking aside, that these are farmers who are saying, hey, we, we just want to farm. We would like to grow, say, flowers. They do a lot of, a lot of that in uh, the Netherlands. But we also grow all sorts of food and spices and all sorts of vegetables and things and peppers and broccoli, etc. And we would like to continue to be able to do that. But our own prime minister is making that very hard. Uh, because of this guy, Klaus Schwab, who is an unelected globalist bureaucrat. He is not in charge of any government. But don't those videos right there, when you see those people out there and you see truckers, of course, they're being painted as far right and they're racist and all those things. But doesn't it just remind you of what happened just a few months ago in Canada when a bunch of truckers said, hey, no more. You cannot force us to get vaccinated. You cannot force us to stay in our homes and everything else. And then the machine makes it seem like these are the bad guys, the people who just want to live their lives, put food on the table, go to work, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we'll get to the North American response to all of this in just a second because it's leaking here too. I hate to tell you, uh, but real quick, guys, let me talk about real estate agents I trust. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that's a ton of responsibility, so you need an agent who takes that seriously. That's why I recommend real estate agents I trust, founded by my good buddy, Glenn Beck. They work with only the best agents in every market. They do their homework. Uh, and talk to every agent before asking them to join their network. And here's a big one. They only work with full-time pros, no part-time or inexperienced agents. Their team makes the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. The agents they work with have long track records, are the best sellers in their field. They're part of this audience. They share your values and they're almost anywhere you want to go, including Miami, Florida. The process is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com today and provide them with some basic info. They'll reach out to you. 
connect you with a preferred agent, then you live happily ever after. Okay, so let's continue talking about this Klaus Schwab and what he is pushing on all of the Western nations across the world. It's not just that he wants them to watch out for climate change and change their policies for climate change, which then affects their economies. And it's not just that he wants them to be watching out for misinformation. And what he means by misinformation is just information that goes against what he and the World Economic Forum wants. Uh, it's also, surprise, surprise, about COVID and vaccine coercion. Uh, here he is a little while ago, uh, trying to scare the hell out of you about vaccines. What should you do differently? Most immediately, you are calling for the international community to safeguard vaccine equity, to respond to COVID-19 and prevent future health crises. Nobody will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Nobody will safe will be safe if not everybody is vaccinated. Uh, wouldn't that imply, guys, I'm not a scientist or a biologist, but wouldn't that imply that the vaccine doesn't work? Nobody will be safe if everyone isn't vaccinated. I'm pretty sure uh, that if a vaccine worked, meaning you would not get the thing that you were vaccinated for, that's the way vaccines worked before COVID, uh, that uh, if you were vaccinated and somebody else wasn't and the vaccine worked, you wouldn't get sick, they would, and everybody would be okay. But we know the vaccines don't work as promised. We know they don't stop COVID. They don't stop you from getting COVID. They don't stop you from transmitting COVID. But why is it that this man wants everyone to be injected with this experimental mRNA vaccine? Well, you're not going to believe it. One of his best buddies. This is craziness, guys. This is, this is going to knock you out of your chair. One of Klaus Schwab's best buddies happens to be Pfizer CEO Albert Borla. Uh, and uh, they don't really like you guys because you guys say mean things about them and don't always do exactly what they want. With a vaccine, that we knew that there is a very fanatic group of anti-vaxxers that will go after us no matter what. They will claim that the sun didn't go up because people were vaccinated and that created issues with the crop. So I'm suing you. We were both uh, targets of the anti-vaccine uh, movements and uh, conspiracy uh, people uh, claiming that I had tripled, I wondered what it is, tri triple um, uh, COVID. Um, mm. <laughs> so even though that guy, the CEO of Pfizer, lied the entire time and Joe Biden lied and Anthony Fauci lied and Walensky over at the CDC lied, all lying about whether the vaccines worked or not and what boosters were doing and all of these things. Even though they lied about everything, there was no evidence for lockdowns that any of this works. Even social distancing doesn't necessarily work. We know now, we now know masks don't work. I mean, they lied about absolutely everything. But if you questioned these unelected bureaucrats, these people who run the CDC and the guy who runs the World Economic Forum, if you question them, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're an anti-vaxxer. You know, it's funny when I hear someone say anti-vaxxer now because I never had an issue with vaccines in my entire life. It's not something that I've put a tremendous amount of thought into, um, but I never had an issue with it. I've been vaccinated for things as a child, obviously, uh, and there are certain viruses that we've basically eliminated because of vaccines. However, when it comes to the COVID vaccine, yes, I am a complete anti-vaxxer. I am very proud that I never got the experimental injection of the thing that nobody knew exactly what it was going to do and it turned out not to do much. And then there, all sorts of people have all, had all sorts of complications after getting the vaccine. And by the way, it's not a traditional vaccine. It is an mRNA technology which had never been tested en uh, masse across the world before. But speaking of mRNA vax technology, who are these conspiracy theorists that uh, the CEO of Pfizer and the head of the World Economic are talking about? Well, it's people like Dr. Robert Malone, uh, who actually owns more patents on the mRNA technology than anyone. He was basically the founder of mRNA technology. And of course, you guys remember Dr. Robert Malone because he went on Joe Rogan to say that this vaccine was completely out of control and that these organizations are evil, et cetera, et cetera. And then what happened? Well, the episode got taken down. He got kicked off Twitter for three days. Everyone ran around saying Joe Rogan was racist. 
Well, R Dr. Robert Malone uh, just testified to the Texas Senate about the Great Reset and what these people are doing. This is just a couple days ago. What I believed for a long time had to be a crazy conspiracy theory, this Great Reset, um, that was a book title published by the head of the World Economic Forum four months into the outbreak that spoke specifically about exploiting the outbreak for other purposes having to do with an economic agenda. In fact, we should take that seriously. That appears to have been the case. It appears to have been whether, you know, all the nuance of where did the virus come from, how was it generated, was it intentionally released, was it inadvertently released, all that stuff is unanswerable. But I believe that when you look at the data, the information about the policies, when they were implemented, the monetary policies that were implemented that we're now living with, the consequences of, um, those data can best be fit as consistent with the plans of um, a group of people who had strong economic interests. And it's very difficult for me to account for the policies that have been got implemented. It. So as, last as question for me. Okay, so there's the guy who basically invented the mRNA technology. There's the guy who went on Joe Rogan just to express his views about the vaccines and mandates and everything else. He was kicked off Twitter. You all remember this. He was kicked off Twitter. And then remember we had that week where everyone was talking about deplatforming Joe Rogan and Spotify was gonna get rid of him and people were talking about how he's racist and needs to be censored. And then magically out of nowhere, this video of him saying the N-word appeared, even though he wasn't saying it in a pejorative way. You can see how the machine operates. Does Robert Malone strike you as an alarmist or a conspiracy theorist or anything else? Or is he laying out, he's going, boy, you know, guys, there's this book by, the, by this guy. And in the book, they talk about how we're going to do this great reset. And we can very obviously see how that is connected to COVID. And he speaks in a very, very calm manner. Uh, well, Gina Carano, and you guys remember Gina Carano, speaking of cancel culture and people who get uh, booted off platforms for no good reason. Gina Carano, of course, the actress who was in The Mandalorian, uh, she is a conservative. She happened to tweet something uh, conservative leaning. She was kicked off the Mandalorian. Disney Plus got rid of her. She's now with the Daily Wire. Well, she went back on Rogan a couple days ago and they're still, Rogan's into this thing now and they're talking about uh, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, and how they've basically installed political leaders even here, right in America and up there in Canada. In the World Economic Forum then. Is That's that bizarre. That's the most bizarre one. The yeah. fucking dude who dresses like Darth Vader. <laughs> Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. He can be in one of my movies. That he can bring his own wardrobe. That motherfucker is wild. He's like a bad guy in a movie. <laughs> well, and then you can have Justin Trudeau and Gavin Newsom right there with him. Yeah. And it's like you got a full on. An opportunity for the great reset. <laughs> okay, so. The reason I'm showing you this is everyone's starting to talk about it. I know not mainstream media, right? So you have to forget the layer that protects the NPCs, the non-playable characters, the blue Anon people, the blue-pilled people who will never come around to reality. But everyone on the ground that has one of these is starting to realize there is something really weird going on there. When Rogan is like, yeah, this guy who see, sounds like Darth Vader, you know, he dresses like Darth Vader, and oh, the great reset is coming, and it's like, a, this, is, this is like a Hollywood script, this guy, and then what Gina's saying there, and you know, he could have uh, Trudeau on one side and Newsom on the other. I mean, Trudeau is an acolyte of the World Economic Forum. All of the policies that he's bringing to Canada right now, where they are cracking down on misinformation, where they are making all people who report on the news register with the government where they are now tracking what you're doing online in, in crazy ways, and I'm sure ways that we have no idea of. Uh, these are ideas of the World Economic Forum. When you've got uh, the Netherlands, when you've got the prime minister suddenly cracking down on his own farmers who produce food for his citizens, is he doing that because he thinks it's a great idea or does somehow Klaus Schwab have his hands in that. Like, I know it all sounds nuts, but we better start thinking about this or we're not gonna realize what's going on here before it's too late. And perhaps it's too late right now. Or you could also connect this to a guy like Gavin Newsom. What has Gavin Newsom done in California? Well, you know my feelings on that. He has done everything possible to intentionally destroy the state. And if 
you haven't been to California, although I don't recommend anyone go to California, uh, Santa Monica in particular, because as my buddy John kept saying when we were there, Michael, what did he say it smelled like? Yes. Urine cakes, that's right, not just urine. Urine is a very specific smell, which all of Santa Monica smells like that, but the urine cake, which is supposed to uh, you know, hide the urine smell, uh, that's what Santa Monica actually smells like more because they're spraying urine cake smell all over the urine. Sidebar, point is, uh, if you were to go to California, you could drive from say Los Angeles, SoCal up north and everywhere in the farming country, which is the bulk of the middle of California, all there are are farmers with signs saying, we cannot get water, uh, vote out Gavin Newsom, et cetera, et cetera. Gavin Newsom, much like Justin Trudeau, is instituting policies that are destroying the place he is supposed to protect, right? That's what a governor is supposed to do. You're supposed to create the conditions so that your state or your country uh, can flourish. And what Justin Trudeau has done up in Canada, we know Canada has tons of people leaving right now. People have absolutely had it. We know that truckers are uprising. We know that, uh, that all the stuff that they are doing related to the internet and everything else, this is evil authoritarian stuff that it was, if it was happening via say a brown Middle Eastern leader, right? Uh, in an Arab country, we would be saying it's the worst possible thing. But when our own guys do it to us, we're very confused. Uh, so Trudeau is a great example of what's going on here uh, because he is sort of the perfect example of what the World Economic Forum wants out of a leader. They want someone who stands for nothing, who's completely unable to say the truth, but who looks good on camera, uh, who has no real set of beliefs, uh, probably someone who's done blackface like he has repeatedly because then they can kind of black, uh, blackmail him when it comes to a couple things. They can blackface him again and blackmail him on a couple things. Uh, he's a really, really bad dude in case you don't know my feelings about him. But this is a great video. So Rebel News, you guys know Rebel News up in Canada. They are doing incredible work up there. It is not easy to be an actual place of journalism in Canada and it's getting increasingly hard. Uh, and if you want more on that, you should watch Friday's episode, the panel show with Ezra Levant who started Rebel. Uh, they have a journalist, her name is Alexandra Lavoie, uh, and she pushed Trudeau on what he's doing related to vax mandates. And just watch this smug, soulless, evil freak. Bonjour, Monsieur Trudeau, Alexandre pour uh, Rebel News. Donc, Monsieur Trudeau, je vais revenir rapidement sur ce qui s'est passé hier. Vous avez dé diabolisé l'un des rares médias qui ne reçoit pas d'argent du gouvernement. Vous avez exprimé votre opinion en disant que nous propageons la désinformation. Question la suivante. L'Israël est l'un des pays les plus vaccinés au monde. Ils sont rendus maintenant à leur quatrième rappel de vaccins. Ils ne considèrent plus que ceux qui ont reçu deux doses de vaccins sont pleinement vaccinés. Ma question est, plusieurs Canadiens ne désirent pas avoir une, un rappel de, de vaccins. Allez-vous leur enlever leurs privilèges reliés au passeport vaccinal? Et aurez-vous l'obligeance de répondre à ma question en tant que premier ministre ou allez-vous encore diaboliser mon média? J'ai partagé ma perspective sur ton organisation hier soir. Je n'ai plus rien à dire. Ça demande bien qui vous êtes. Merci. What a coward. What a disgusting human being. What an awful world leader and, and someone that should be relegated to the dustbin of history. She asks an extremely relevant question. It is irrelevant what he feels about Rebel. Now, of course, the reason he doesn't like Rebel is because Rebel is an independent news organization in Canada and Canada funds news organizations. And then you're not gonna believe it. They all basically give Trudeau a pass because the government is funding the news organizations that's supposed to re be reporting on the politicians. So now he's got one news organization. They're basically the main one that is outside of the system. So they ask him hard questions. And it wasn't just that it was a hard question, it was a completely legitimate question. Hey, vaccines aren't working uh, the way they were promised. You have mandated all of this stuff. We basically had an uprising in the country because of it. You were freezing bank accounts on people. You were throwing people in jail unjustly. Uh, we know that it's not working. Just look what's happened in Israel. Uh, could you comment on that? And all he says is, no, no, I won't. I don't like you. He, he is a horrible, horrible human being. There's no other way to put it. We have to start just being clear about what these people are. Uh, but here he is uh, just a bit over a year ago. This is a year and a half ago. And he was singing a very, very different tune when it came to Canada and vaccine mandates. 
In terms of uh, mandatory vaccines, vaccines won't be mandatory. Uh, that's not the way we do things in Canada. Oh, so that's not the way we do things in Canada. That was a year and a half ago. Then he did a complete 180, started jailing people, freezing bank accounts, demonizing half the country, calling them racist and everything else. So what happened? Did, did Justin Trudeau have some incredible political evolution or is it possible that Justin Trudeau is not really the prime minister of Canada, meaning that he has Canadians' interests at heart? Is he just a foot soldier or a, a stooge for the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and his buddy over there, Albert, the CEO of Pfizer, basically were like, hey dude, we want everybody to be injected and you're gonna do it. And he takes orders because he's, not, he's just a soulless nothing. Uh, and of course, by the way, he shut down uh, the supply chain when all the truckers started protesting him, then the supply chain wasn't working uh, correctly. And that's sort of exactly what's happening in the Netherlands right now as Mark Rutte goes after the farmers. Uh, but you know what happens in Western societies? We've still got a chance because the individual can still stand up against the system and David can always beat Goliath. I firmly believe that. Uh, the people of Canada have had it with Justin Trudeau, and here he is just a couple days ago at the Calgary Stampede uh, getting heckled. He's so inauthentic, like you know that hat has never been worn before his shirt, which is tucked in so perfectly. As I say, he's just a suit with nice socks. There's nothing authentic about him. And you know, I don't love the idea generally that people should be getting in the faces of politicians, uh, certainly in private places like restaurants and things like that. But if you wanna to go to a public place where they're, where they're giving a speech and, and yell at them, at this point, why not? At this point, why not? But this, this vax policy that Canada has going uh, which is clearly ushered in by this Great Reset situation, uh, it has leaked all over. It's not just the Netherlands that's having problems, and it's not just the United States that's having problems, and it's not just Canada that's having problems, and much more. This has happened all across the world. Uh, you might have heard of Serbian tennis player, a certain Serbian tennis player, uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, who was banned uh, quite often <laughs> from many different tournaments during COVID. And nobody really knew why. He didn't want to get vaxxed. He, again, like many of these NBA players who didn't want to get vaxxed or some of the other uh, professional athletes, these are usually young guys in their 20s and 30s who are at the peak of physical health. They just oddly didn't want an experimental, experimental vaccine to be injected into them. Uh, so he was getting banned from tournaments left and right. Well, now John McEnroe, you guys know John McEnroe, even if you're not a tennis person, legendary tennis player, John McEnroe, and now broadcaster, uh, John McEnroe. Uh, he went off on the USA and Australia because they're not allowing Djokovic to play because he's on back. But now there's the uncertainty. It's not just the majors, unfortunately for him, John. It's any tennis server. Where is he gonna play next? And be able to play in North America well, I hope this is leading yeah, up to the US I, Open? I, I, I mean, it's a great moment. These politicians are getting in the way uh, too much. They did it in Australia. Let's let the guy come in and play the, in the U.S. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. But I don't make those decisions. I hope that someone makes the right one and allows him to play. So do you think any of this has to do with logic or reason or anything else? Djokovic right there, who's basically been the best tennis player probably for like in the world, probably for about a decade. Young guy right there, incredible athlete, incredible athlete. Peak physical condition, right? To be a tennis player at that level. He's not sick. And even if he was sick, you're allowed to make choices over your body. I thought it was my body, my choice, right? Uh, but for some reason, the United States and Australia won't let him play in these tournaments. John McEnroe gets it, but we need more and more people to get it. So now let's bring this back to the United States. We have uh, Joe Biden as president. He is the elderly man pretending to be president. Uh, and even though when he was running for president, he said there would be no mandates. As you know, once he became president, he was not only for mandates, uh, he wanted to fire frontline workers, doctors, nurses, airline pilots, uh, all sorts of people if they did not get vaccinated. And he wanted to force private companies to do whatever the hell it was he wanted. Here's a blast from the past. 
This is not about freedom or personal choice. It's about protecting yourself and those around you, the people you work with, the people you care about, the people you love. My job as president is to protect all Americans. So tonight, I'm announcing that the Department of Labor is developing an emergency rule to require all employers with 100 or more employees that together employ over 80 million workers to ensure their workforces are fully vaccinated or show a negative test at least once a week. Already, I've announced, we'll be requiring vaccinations at all nursing home workers who treat patients on Medicare and Medicaid because I have that federal authority. Tonight, I'm using that same authority to expand that to cover those who work in hospitals, home health care facilities, or other medical facilities. A total of 17 million health care workers. If you're seeking care at a health facility, you should be able to know that the people treating you are vaccinated. Simple, straightforward, period. Next, I will sign an executive order that will now require all executive branch federal employees to be vaccinated. All. Okay, so fortunately, most of that stuff got reversed and companies realized that they did not have a right, an OSHA violation. That's what they were worried about. This is going to be a violation of OSHA. OSHA is going to come get us. Uh, They did not have a right to tell their employees what to be vaccinated with. I, although I don't have 100 employees, the idea that I could at any point say to anyone that worked for me, you have to be injected with this is insane. You know, we're going to the Marlins game tonight, taking the team out, doing a little team building. That's what we're doing tonight. We're going to the Marlins game. What right would I have to say you have to get chicken fingers tonight? You guys might want hot dogs. It's a ball game. You want hot dogs. You want Cracker Jacks, right? I can't tell people to have chicken fingers, but that is the stupidity that these people have pushed on us. And I get it. Biden's just a shell of a human being and he just reads what's put in front of him. But what better leader would there be if you were, if you were a bad, evil conglomerate trying to run the world, if you were the Legion of Doom, if I can do a Super Friends reference for you, you know, if you were the bad guys, I know that's a DC reference for some of you comic book people, but if you were the Legion of Doom and you wanted to take over the world, what kind of leaders would you want in the countries? You would want, hey, how about a elderly man with dementia who has no ability to think for himself, who can barely read the teleprompter? That would be a pretty one, pretty good one because you can just get him out there to say whatever you want, uh, who maybe is being blackmailed because his son was a crack addict with prostitutes and the mainstream media is covering up for that. You might want that. How about a guy who just stands for nothing and believes in nothing, uh, but looks good in front of the camera, Justin Trudeau? You think that might work? How about the guy who, uh, the head of the whole thing, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, says is super handsome. And he just likes his ego stroke, so he'll shut down farming in his country. Uh, But you know what, guys? The thing is, a bunch of us are seeing it now, and that's good. Uh, But the thing is, it is very obvious that they are now making it clear that they will, going forward, use COVID as a political weapon. That it will be the thing that any time too many of us get too uppity and say too much and start thinking too much, they will just bring COVID back. Here is Biden's health and homeland security uh, chief, Xavier Becerra, we've shown you some videos of him, saying that the virus is coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. This is just yesterday. What I will tell you is that uh, come the fall and winter, uh, most everyone who's uh, an expert on pandemics and uh, uh, these viruses will tell you that strong chance that we see, we'll see a resurgence of a, the virus, whether it's the variants that we have now or new variants, and we got to be ready. It's just meaningless drivel, right? Like who's saying this? Who's saying that it has to come back in the fall? And even if it does come back, who's saying that they have the right to tell any of us what to do or get injected or wear a mask or whatever? But there is something else happening in the fall that I know is happening in the fall that I'm pretty sure is happening in the fall that I believe is happening the first week of November, which is right in the middle of the fall, the midterm elections. Do you think that they might want to bring back COVID in the midterm elections and make sure that You do mail-in balloting and ballot harvesting and no IDs and all of those things. Do you see what's going on here? Am I a crazy conspiracy theorist or am I just a guy with his head on somewhat straight? I think you know the answer. But why, ladies and gentlemen, why would they bring COVID back so that they can have their election shenanigans? Is there something that they're trying to protect? Some sort of world order? It's not like they would say that right in front of us, would they? Because that would be nuts to just say it like on TV to say that you're protecting some sort of 
world order? That would be bananas. Uh, they say that this could be a long ye- a war measured in years. And I think everybody understands why this is happening. But is it sustainable? What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Oh, (laughs) I can't believe it. I was just kidding. I can't believe that somebody would go on CNN and admit that they've got some sort of world order that you have to pay more for. You have to not leave your house as much. You have to be injected for so that they can maintain their liberal world order. What the high hell are they talking about? And of course, that guy right there, uh, who's Biden's National Economic Council chairman. His name's Brian Deese. You're not going to believe this, guys. It's just crazy. Man, I should have a tinfoil hat on today. I, have a, I should have a very, very special tinfoil hat. Uh, he is a former employee of BlackRock. I know it's just absolutely nuts. So who do we oppose? Who do we oppose and how do we push back on all of this nonsense? Because we know that you know if you say any of these things, they'll say you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a conspiracy theorist, we gotta ban you on Twitter and all of these things because you're a mean dude, you're a mean dude. You don't like Klaus Schwab, you know? And he's a good dude and we gotta defend the liberal world order. We gotta make sure farmers can't farm and truckers can't truck and a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, then that brought me to this clip. This was a rather extraordinary clip. Uh, Tucker Carlson was interviewed by this guy, Ben Smith. Now he works at the New York Times now. Uh, he's a former, I think he was the CEO of BuzzFeed. This guy is a, is a smear merchant and, and so many of the things that are wrong with the internet right now come out of, you'll see this guy, he's a sweaty, smarmy mess um, and just like a squirrely little nothing. But he ran BuzzFeed for many, many years. And BuzzFeed, you remember all the, remember all those years of BuzzFeed, it seems like a long time ago, where people all day long would be sharing those things on BuzzFeed, where you just click things all day long. Do you like this ice cream more than cookies? But you click, and I honestly believe that they were basically just tracking all of our behaviors all, all along. BuzzFeed was never anything that made money when they went public, it crashed because there was really nothing there. Well, anyway, he ran BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed is pure trash, but what happens in the leftist media? If you run something that's trash and you do horrible things, you move on up. So he works for the New York Times right now and he interviewed Tucker Carlson. And the reason I'm linking this to all of this is Tucker has been one of the most and probably the only mainstream media voice who has been talking about the Great Reset, talking about all of this globalist stuff. I mean, yes, there are people that are not mainstream anymore. Glenn Beck would be the best example of it, but I'm talking about Fox News, you know, on cable news type person talking about this stuff. So Ben Smith interviewed Tucker and mostly it was, you know, Tucker, you're a freaking racist. Do you think that white people have some claim on America that people of other races don't? Of course not. I mean, first of all, I'm a Christian, so I think God made everybody and therefore everyone has equal value in his eyes. That's the essential value of every person is the same. But the idea that I harbor some sort of deep racial animus is like, I mean, I I think there are a lot of criticisms you could level at me. I think sometimes I overstate the case, I get pissed, I can be very nasty. You've been on the receiving end of that. I know you can vouch for that. But the idea that I'm, you know, that I, I mean, if, if you were to look at my texts or listen to my personal conversations or read my mind, you would find no instance where I'm like, I'm mad at black people. 100% of the people that I'm mad at are well-educated white liberals. In my mind, the sort of archetype of the person I don't like is like a 38-year-old female white lawyer with a barren personal life. That's yeah. who yells at me on airplanes. Okay. And so I always think people are like, you're racist. Okay, let me, let me, no, before, okay, let, let, let me. <laughs> So you see why I showed you that video? Uh, because it's slightly not on this topic, but it actually is once you peel off one layer. Because Tucker is the main push back against all of these people, these people that have nothing. That, that clown Ben Smith knows that Tucker Carlson is not a racist. I would not befriend a racist. I wouldn't go on the show of a, a racist. Uh, Tucker does not want there to be different laws for black people and Tucker does not want there to be different laws for gay people, which uh, hating gay people is a form of racism, I think too, according to these people, intersectionality, it makes weird bedfellows. Uh, But it's all that they've got. All that they've got is, oh, you somehow are stoking white outrage. Now, the funny thing about it is they're the ones that are stoking white outrage all the time. They're the ones who are always talking about white privilege and how evil white people are and the patriarchy and all those things. And then they turn to the other people who are saying, hey, 
that's, that's not true and we don't like identity politics and all that. And, they, and then they say to them, hey, hey, you just said something and you're the racist, even though they're the one pushing the racism on all of us. Uh, and, and I think that this is what the left gets wrong about their political opposition and that's why they're losing. I think that there is this huge swath of people and you are right in the thick of it if you watch this show that are not extremists by any stretch, uh, that are not probably not the most traditional Republicans or conservatives. You're certainly not racist. You're most likely not homophobic. homophobic. Uh, you might be hobophobic uh, because you've lived in California long enough and the amount of hobos there you could eventually, well, it wouldn't, a phobia is an irrational fear. It would at some point become a rational fear. Um, but we are not racist. But what Tucker said right there is right. Who is pushing all of this on us? So you've, you've got the, the globalist layer, but within America right now, it's the overly educated white liberals. I don't even mean to bring skin color into this, but it, it, it's the Elizabeth Warrens. It's the Bernie Sanders. It's everything that comes out of Harvard and Yale. It's these people who should know better. They should know better and be appreciative of everything that is good in America. Uh, because their ancestors had to fight so hard for it. But it's Klaus Schwab, it's that guy Brian Deese, it's Mark Rutte, it's all of these really hyper-educated elite people. And why would hyper-educated elite people want everybody else to think that they were racist? And why would they want everyone else to be afraid to say what they want online? Because perhaps, perhaps all they're really trying to do is hold on to power. People have power when they realize it. Do you think that might be it? Uh, but, and fear not guys, uh, there is hope. And why is there hope? Because everyone, as I've been illustrating for the last week and a half, the Biden thing is falling apart fast. And the faster it falls apart here, that will be the signal for other countries, for people to realize, hey, Justin Trudeau is not gonna be there forever. Canada's more important than him. And the Netherlands is more important than this world economic stooge. Uh, here is Biden failing to shut down that virus he promised he was gonna shut down. I'm not gonna shut down the economy. I'm not gonna shut down the country, but I'm gonna shut down the virus. I'm gonna shut down the virus. I'm gonna shut down the virus. I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. I'm gonna shut down the virus. I'll shut down the virus. I'm gonna shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm gonna shut down the virus. I'm gonna shut down the virus. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Ah, it gets solved at a state level. Sort of like that orange man was trying to do the entire time. The orange man who you guys called Hitler, who said, ah, I don't think I should have all this power. Let the states deal with it. Of course, only 400,000 people died under Trump uh, when it came to COVID. Nearly 600 under Biden. So he obviously is not very good at any of this. And, and again, when he's reading these things, he just doesn't even know what he's saying. He has no idea what he's saying, uh, but here's Biden back in December, and this is what it really comes down to, because it comes down to these upcoming midterms, uh, and he's warning Republicans that, that people, you know, midterms are coming, and you're Republicans, and Republicans are mean. Now we look at 2022. I wanna tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal, you're gonna in for a problem. And we need to stay unified. Connor, I want you to put that video in a special vault. And I want the day after the red wave, the destruction of the Democratic Party. Although again, gotta give the devil his due. COVID could come back, they could drop a nuclear bomb. These people are freaks, zombie apocalypse, alien invasion, you never know what it might be. But barring any of those things, that's the video we're playing the day after the election. Uh, but all right, let's keep moving on this idea that people are getting it. Nobody's buying Biden's bullshit anymore. No one's buying it. Here's CNN, Jake Tappering Company, realizing that nobody, it should be a sitcom, nobody likes Joe. Nearly two-thirds of Democratic primary voters want a different nominee. Two-thirds. If you break it down by age, 94% of Democratic primary voters under the age of 30, 94% say they don't want Biden. That is a stunning number. Yes. Um. I mean, he swept his grandchildren, but other than that, I mean, like, who, uh, I mean, 94% don't want him, who are, Demo again, 94%. Demo Democrats yeah. under yeah. the age yeah. of 30. Yeah. What was the 
was the president's response to a new poll from the New York Times today showing that 64% of Democrats say that they would prefer a different candidate in 2024? And um, I would also say from that very same poll, um, there were 92% of uh, Democrats who uh, support this president as well. Look, you know, not to be, not get into uh you know, politics from here or get into a, any political analysis. Um, you know, this is not something, uh, you know, there's going to be many polls. They're going to go up or they're going to go down. Uh, this is not the thing that we are solely focused on. Okay, so first off, let me do the, the second half first. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre, of course. You know her, she's the black lesbian press secretary. Uh, she completely lied there. And by the way, do you know that their new line, have you noticed this? We played a clip of uh, Gay Pete yesterday, uh, that their new line is, I'm not going to do politics from here. I'm at the podium with the presidential seal behind me. I'm not going to do politics here. I'm being interviewed by someone and I'm the transportation secretary. I'm not going to do politics here. It's so obvious. Their game, man, the, the curtain has just been pulled back, people. But that number, that 94% of young Democrats don't under 30 don't want Biden to run. They do not like Joe Biden. Who is supporting Joe Biden right now? Other than the globalists, the elite, the media, who is walking around going, Joe Biden's doing a heck of a job. I feel really good about the economy. I feel good about the supply chain. I feel good about the war, not war, half war going on in Ukraine, Russia. I feel good about the way we left Afghanistan. And I haven't noticed anything wrong with Joe Biden's brain. Everything's just fine. No. Everyone can see it. Now, what's interesting as Tapper and his panel laugh about that, it's like, Jake, you ushered this shit in. People like to think that you're the sort of moderate on CNN, meaning you're not completely insane and a, and a completely, totally obvious Democrat operative, say like Jim Acosta or Brian Stelter. You're supposed to be a little more of both, but you obviously wanted uh, Joe Biden to be president. You obviously wanted to get rid of Trump and now you're all realizing it. And, and when the rats are getting off the ship, you know something's wrong. So we have an opportunity, guys. We have an opportunity, despite that alien invasion that I'm predicting, despite the zombie apocalypse and the, and the rest of it. We just got to stay focused, know what they're doing, stay calm. And, and I think we can get to the other side of this thing. I really do. Uh, boy, this might be our longest show ever, guys. Fifth, yes, I'm getting the thumbs up. 56 minutes unscripted, people. That's what we're doing around here, okay? Uh, let's get to some uh, rubenreport.locals.com uh, comments, and then I will uh, leave you with a cold close. Kathy says, Klaus Schwab is like a Bond villain status, would be comical if he wasn't so sinister. Yeah, he comes off as basically like a comic book villain or a Bond villain. And, it, and that's what I'm saying. It's almost like, how is this even possible? I think that's almost part of it. They found the guy, the accent is perfect for the evil. Every, the way he dresses, everything is perfect for the evil. So it's like so obvious, we kind of can't see it. It's like, no, he can't be that possibly evil. The World Economic Forum and the global, it can't, this is too, the writing's not even good enough. It's too flat. Give me something layered, man. Nuclear Patrick says, Rute has told farmers to cut back on one third of their livestock. I mean, it's extraordinary to say you got to get rid of 50% of emissions in eight years, cut back on the livestock and the rest of it. Do you think he honestly believes that is the best policy for the Netherlands or is there something else going on here, much like happened with the truckers? I mean, it's absolutely just crazy. I would recommend to everybody, if you've got a tiny bit of land or if you've got a freaking little pot, grow a little something, uh, grow a little something. We're growing some avocados here. We've got some mangoes here, tomatoes, although they're tough to grow in the summer. Uh, and if you can, you know, you can get a chicken coop or whatever, it's like these systems are not quite working and don't think that these people wouldn't tear it all down in the quest to maintain that power. I know it, I know it sounds nuts. I'd rather talk about something else, but here we are. Amy says, I don't think for one second these higher up elites actually took the vaccine. That's an interesting one. Well, you know, they always show you the videos of Biden with his hairy arm getting injected and he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing or what's going on. It's like, who knows what they did? They, did they get, I don't even know. But man, yesterday's conspiracy theorists are tomorrow's truth. So here we are. Guys, uh, I've enjoyed this program. How'd, how'd I do today, guys? You know what? You're all getting chicken fingers at the baseball game tonight. Regardless of your own personal culinary preferences, chicken fingers and fries for everybody at the baseball game. Uh, you can join us if you want to play along during the show at rubenreport.locals.com. Part one of my interview with Patrick Bet David from Valuetainment. The guy's really brilliant, especially on the economic side of things. 
uh, is up on uh, Rumble and YouTube right now. Full thing's already up on Locals, of course. And finally, we leave you with this cold close, which is similar to our opening today. Our cold opening was Dr. Jill Biden, who is pandering beyond belief to the Latinx community. There are more Latinos in this diverse community than tacos and burritos and enchiladas and chimichangas. But you know what? Someone was doing it even better before her. Enjoy. No more questions? They said no, she has to go. She what's what's something that you always carry with you? Hot Just sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce wow. in my bag, swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, listen, yes. I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's pandering to black people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report direct message.